The Awakening and the Flying Triangle, Episode 0 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hello, and welcome everyone to the podcast. I am your host, Wayne, along with my lovely co-host and wife, Michelle. Hey there. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin, where we cover such topics as UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, paranormal encounters, ghosts, the Michigan Dog Band, Bigfoot, and all things paranormal and strange in and around Michigan. All right, well, Michelle, here we are, our very first episode, I guess, episode zero. Just a couple of teachers here in Michigan that have decided to start talking about UFOs and the paranormal in the state of Michigan and beyond. Very well put. As uh, my wife has said, that's exactly what we are. We are a couple of teachers. I am a high school science teacher. And uh, probably not um, something you're used to hearing from somebody who teaches science being interested in UFOs and the paranormal, but I find it very interesting. As long as you don't start talking about conspiracy theories with your students. You got to get their attention somehow. It was aliens. (laughs) I'm not saying it was aliens, but But it was was aliens. aliens. All right, so um, that's kind of our background, to just put it uh, simply, as uh, Michelle just said, we are a couple of teachers. She's an English teacher. I am a science teacher, and we had an experience uh, driving home one night, and we'll get to that in a little bit, so stay tuned for that story. Well, let's talk about this uh, new story that's been hot all week. Um looking back at February 24th this article was published three days ago American Airlines not denying possible UFO spotting says talk to the FBI so it looks like an American Airlines passenger jet traveling from Cincinnati to Phoenix encountered an apparent UFO Um, this was flight 2292 and about 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So it was not at night. It was during the day. And pilots are highly trained and uh, we know they have to have very good observational skills and they are by the book kind of people. Uh, This I know from my background with my dad being a retired airline pilot that, you know, you cannot take any chances. Everything has to be by the book. And They don't like to talk about these kind of things because it makes them look bad. Well, apparently they saw something and they radioed the control tower um, that was monitoring their flight and asked them, do you have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. And uh, he says later, I hate to say this, but it looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast. It went right over the top of us. What is the, the typical, you know, how many feet in the air do missiles typically travel when they, when they do their testing? It depends on the type of missile. Okay. Cause if you've got a flight 
in that area at about 37,000 feet, Mm -hmm. would it be common for a test missile to go at that height? Generally not, unless it is a missile that is used to shoot down other airplanes. But that's not what he's describing here. He says it's almost like a cruise missile. So it's a long cylindrical object. So cruise missiles are pretty big. Cruise missiles are not used to intercept other aircraft. They are usually used to go long distances and attack targets, usually on the ground or ships. They're they're cruise missiles because they're that big. They're like drones or small airplanes that fly close to the ground so they don't get shot down. So it's hard to say. Um, This almost sounds like to me the encounters from the Navy pilots that saw the Tic Tac. I believe it was Commander Fravor. And he was on the Joe Rogan show. He was on some other shows describing what he saw and his wingman. And they described what they saw as as that Tic Tac. And that's what that video was kind of looking like. Well, here's the thing. When you've got a pilot and a co-pilot who are both saying that they saw the same thing, that it is over top of a plane and the plane is already at 37,000 feet and it just magically disappears. It's not on the radar. How could something that big going at the same speed, if not faster, not hit a radar? Well, that's just it. That's, that's the bizarre thing because, you know, we take very, um, large steps, I guess you could say, to ensure the safety of flights above, you know, the United States, well, all around the world. And our radars are very good, and we have to make sure that we keep planes separated, you know, so they don't run into each other. So there's certain altitudes you have to fly at if you're going in this direction or certain ones you fly at going in a different direction. And it's all controlled. And if those controllers saw some type of object heading in the direction path of an airliner, they would definitely say something. They would call the pilots and be on the lookout. You know, traffic at usually the language they use is something like, Traffic is at your three o'clock, five miles out, report the traffic in sight. That's kind of how they talk. And the pilots would have to confirm that they see it and they could take maneuvers, you know, to get out of the way. Oh, just like the FBI has confirmed this as well now. Yeah, well, the FBI is being, they're being cheeky about it, right? They're saying, yes, we can confirm that American airline pilots have filed a report that they saw something. We can't tell you if it's anything. We don't know. But yes, the American airline pilots have. Can't tell you if it was aliens, but. It was aliens. I guess there will be more to come. So since the article hit four days ago, and then there's been an update with MSN as of yesterday. Yeah, where they were. Well, see, what's really interesting, too, is that there was a. A guy who runs a blog, I believe his name is Steve Douglas, and he runs a blog and he records um, the communications between uh, air traffic control and airliners flying in the Albuquerque area. I guess he caught something this time. 
And they confirmed that's exactly what it was. It was his recording was that of American airline pilots asking controllers if they had something up there because something just flew over them really, really fast. Well, and of all news sources Mm -hmm. or so-called news sources that are out there trying to find out information, TMZ reached out to the FBI trying to find out information. It's like, excuse me, I would like to know what the aliens were wearing. Right. Were they bougie? Were they couture? (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. That one gets me though. Yep. And the fact that the second article that came out just a day ago, so on the 26th, is in the men's health section of MSN. The FBI confirms the report of a long cylindrical UFO moving really fast. So here, here's why this is a big deal. These are pilots. They make the call. They're highly trained professionals with a lot of responsibility. You don't let just anybody fly multi-million dollar aircraft with a couple hundred to 300 people inside of them, you know, at 37,000 feet. These are these are guys that have a lot riding on making mistakes and making bad calls, you know, can end lots of lives. And if usually if pilots see something like this, they don't say anything, but now these guys are starting to go on the record and now they're filing reports with the thousands of reports. Right. So now that the, the stigma is starting to get, taking off of some of these pilots and professionals, they're starting to come forward more and more. I think we'll probably see more of these kind of reports to come. What do you think? Oh, more than likely. Yeah. I mean, they even talk about in here, um, they start to put a little bit of doubt in the reader's minds in the, in the follow-up. They're talking about uh, White Sands, New Mexico is a missile training center. But then they put in there, if you don't, if you stop reading right there, you don't see the spot where it says the train, the missile training center is 400 miles away. 400 miles away. It's like, (laughs) excuse me, I need to take a quick stop in Vegas, you know, play some roulette. Yeah. So this is these, this statement, and that's what makes it really interesting is that the pilots and the um, American Airlines have confirmed that the pilots made a report that they saw something. So they're taking it very serious. Um, we'll just see how fast either A, it blows up with more information, or B, it just becomes another story in the past. I have a feeling it's going to blow up. Everyone, their emotions are heightened right now. So we yep. shall see. All right. So I think with that being said, I think it might be time for a little break. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right. Let's take a break for a minute. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I guess we're going to talk about why we have gotten involved in this and kind of not by our own choosing. It was uh, 
something that happened uh, back in like 2018, which spurred on March 9th, March 9th, 2018, what we saw. So uh, why don't Michelle, why don't you describe kind of what happened? And then I will add in. Set the stage for this one. It was March 9th, 2018 and about 227 in the morning. Um, we were traveling westbound on Ford Road towards I-275 that runs north, north and south, um, going to south 275 so that we could head home. Now, I want to interject, even though it was about 2.30 in the morning. We were not coming from the bar. We, we were, were not, not coming from a bar. We were not drinking at all. Coffee. We had coffee. We had lots of coffee. We had lots of coffee. Well, we were out with some friends having a, a time playing some games, I guess you could say. We were playing late night bingo, everyone. We were playing <laughs> late night bingo. So, and just happened to be heading home that way. And so we had traveled westbound on Ford Road. And as we started getting closer to the ramp, I'm not sure if I noticed it first, but the I called it the triangle in the sky that had the lights underneath it. I had never seen anything like it whatsoever. Um, The fact that it had like three perfect circular lights underneath, it would slowly bank. It would slowly go flat. You could see like a a red light on the top. And I had said to Wayne, you know, I'm like, either we're seeing, you know, some sort of spacecraft that we've never seen before, or the military has definitely stepped up their game. And so it actually paced with traffic along 275 at about 2.30 in the morning going southbound until we started getting to the the wall in the tree area. And you could see where it continued to travel south, but not at a very fast pace. No. Or it was just so big, it gave the illusion of moving slowly. It could have been that big. So to kind of go back to her description of the object that we saw as we were approaching the on-ramp for 275, which is a north-south expressway that runs until you get through Michigan until you get to about, uh, if you're going south to the, basically the Ohio border, there was a, a very large triangular shaped craft and it was large. And I have a background in aviation. I know aircraft when I see them. And there were three lights, one, you know, at every corner of that triangle. And they were not shining straight. So planes have landing lights at night that will shine lights straight ahead. They point off the wheel and then down a little bit. There were no beams. There were no beams, but the lights were shining straight down off the aircraft or whatever this object was. The the they were circular lights on the bottom. Rectangular lights on the top rear of it. Of right. What we kind of saw as what was the rear. Yeah. And uh it wasn't they weren't sh- they were bright lights, but they weren't shooting a beam. Right. Usually you could see a beam coming off of a flashlight, you know, in the air. But these were lights that were, I guess, shining down, but not shining. (laughs) Really weird. And it did. It did a very shallow bank and turn 
to go in like the southerly direction, kind of going parallel around or with 275 heading south. And um, and I know that Willow Run Airport is down there. And I know right. allegedly there's a little airport or something, some sort of like landing pad over in the Canton area. Uh, I believe that's closed though. And it's a very small airport if it is open. Well, and that's so the thing. It's for general aviation. This thing was huge. I've lived in Michigan all my life and I've traveled that road countless times, you know, at that time of the morning uh, driving home and have never seen right. anything like that, nor yeah. have I seen one of those again. And I've seen stealth bombers. So I remember yeah, sitting absolutely. out in the, I remember sitting out in the parking lot at service merchandise when they had a huge flyover with the stealth bombers. So I remember, yeah. I mean, from a kid, even to a, in an, into adulthood, seen stealth bombers because i know that there were some folks who had asked us well are you sure you didn't see a stealth bomber right no it wasn't a stealth it wasn't a b-52 because those things are absolutely you know loud as all get out right and then b-52s don't do not fly that at 2 30 in the morning they do not fly (laughs) that slow and they don't fly that low over populated areas and they will only fly into military bases because, or, you know, if there's an emergency situation, they could go into a large airport like Detroit Metro, but that's not where it went. There was no explosions. There was like it crashed, but as we had headed south and we try to pace with it and keep up with it, we lost sight of it from a retaining wall that is up along the highway. And when we came out the other side, we were looking for this triangle object to see where it was going or, and it was gone. It was just gone. And there's no way, you know, and I know it's one of those things of, well, did you get a picture of it? Well, number one, it's night. Number two, I couldn't get, couldn't get to my phone fast enough. And I'm not sure that the phone that I had at the time was the greatest anyhow for pictures at night. Right. And I was, and I was driving, so there was no way for me to get to my phone. And honestly, when I saw it, when I first saw it, because of my background in aviation and all the years I spent studying aircraft and science, and I felt, I I literally felt like a hit of adrenaline. Like, what is that? It, I mean, it literally, it wasn't the coffee woke, talking. At no, that point. no. And it woke me up. I mean, I know the difference from a caffeine rush versus an adrenaline rush. And I was on fire. I was like nervous, scared, excited all at the same time seeing that thing. Because what was really strange about it that I remember seeing is that as it banked slightly, and I mean, very slightly, it was not moving because of aerodynamics. There was something else keeping this thing in the air as big as it was. Well, I know when we got on 275, it was like chasing an ambulance or or a tornado. It's like we instantly became storm chasers trying to keep up right, with this right. thing. Trying to keep up with it. Um, but as it made its bank and we were uh, and it was starting to head south, going parallel along 275, I looked out my left side window as I was merging onto the expressway. And I could see there was some kind of reflection of light from the buildings below 
and it was that low that whatever those lights were underneath it was reflecting off the roofs of like the um what do they got their hotels and ikea and and like ikea and it and it kind of illuminated the bottom of it and it was it was black but i could see little little parts of that the, the frame i guess you could say it was ridiculously big and it it was almost like the material that the craft was made out of was absorbing any light that's what it kind of looked like to make it very hard to see but you could see those three huge lights in the corners of the triangle at every angle well and here's the thing once we put it out on facebook i well it was a couple almost two weeks later um you reported it to the mission you know to the state of michigan to move on so and then we had created the group on facebook so the michigan ufo sightings and paranormal encounters so that's when my husband created the group and we decided to go ahead and put our story out there and it was amazing how many other folks in the state of michigan had also seen very similar things not only not so much around that particular area but north um definitely north of us and then also northeast up around the Port Huron area as well. But then, then you start questioning, okay, is that near Selfridge Air Force, you know, air base? Mm-hmm. Could it be something coming from there? Granted, we've got Willow Run Airport, but why Ford Road 275? Why that low? Yeah, it made it made no sense. And and the shape of it, the as slow as it was going, no sound, how low it was. It was not a conventional aircraft of any kind. There's, there's no way. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like a couple of weeks later, I ended up reporting it to MUFON and never got a response from them. And when I didn't get a response, it was like, we should start a Facebook group and see how many people have seen something and what we can get. And the responses have been pretty incredible. Yeah, and even though I'm not a science teacher, I've always been taught to analyze and question everything. So Yeah, and that was another thing too, is that this this machine with my knowledge of avionics and aeronautics and science, it defied everything that I had known up until that point of how aircraft fly, the aerodynamics and, and what my mind has known for 50 years about machines in the air, what they can and can't do. Well, what was possible was at 2.30 in the morning, um, this English teacher here was seeing something that she had never seen before. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've seen the B-2 stealth bomber. It's a gigantic flying wing, right, for evading radar, right? It's got a very low profile. This was not that. This was a triangle. It's like the picture that is up on our Facebook group. That would be like the closest, except the one that we saw did not have the light in the center in between the three lights. I did not yeah. see that at all. I saw the three on the corner and that was really it. Yeah, because if that was truly something from our military, I completely welcome that to join the next air show right. that they have at Willow Air Run besides, what is it, the the Blue Angels? Right, or the Thunderbirds. 
Exactly. That's kind of what brought us into this. And now two years later with close to 2000 people, you know, giving us their uh, sightings and uh, given, you know, their stories are being recounted. It's now two years later and we should do a podcast on this because now it's like, once we've been kind of exposed to this, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been looking at more coming out. And with the documentary that's just recently hit the phenomenon. Awesome. Awesome documentary. Definitely recommend the viewing of that. And they actually talk about a 1966 Ann Arbor, Michigan, multiple UFO sightings around the Dexter Ann Arbor area that actually brought out the government to talk about that case. So that'll be an episode coming up here soon. So that'll probably be the next one, the 1966, I guess you could call it, what do they call it? A UFO flap. There was multiple sightings that happened over a couple week time frame, And I want to say six or eight of the reports were filed by Washtenaw County Sheriff's deputies that had seen these objects as well. They seriously called it a flap? Well, that's what they, they call that when there's a lot of UFOs they need to talk to an English teacher to come up with a better name. Yep. And then there's the famous UFO flap, the Washington DC UFO flap in 1952. So, you know, where do they come up with some of these names? I don't know, but you know, and and to be fair, we're not experts. I'm not a UFO researcher or ufologist. You know, I'm not a guy on history channel. I have no problem questioning a lot of the stuff that we read. Absolutely. And then from a science standpoint, I am fascinated to know. I want to know what these things are. Who's making them? Where are they from? What, what's going on? Because I want to learn. And the problem as a science teacher is I can't repeat it. See, to have a, have a good science experiment, it has to be repeatable. I can't repeat it again, just like ghosts. I find ghosts fascinating and the paranormal fascinating, but I can't make ghosts repeatedly appear to figure out what's going on. I was going to say, because I grew up with the stories of Eloise living so close to it. So, but that will be another episode. (laughs) So we're going to cover a lot of things um, on this podcast in the future. So um, and we're going to come from, you know, we're going to come to it from a standpoint of just a couple of people who are interested and want to learn more, I guess. Uh, the, the common folk, the common right. folk of Michigan. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, I think with that being said, I think we've covered pretty much everything for this episode. What do you think? I believe so for tonight. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. You can find this podcast at any of your favorite podcast distributors, um, Google Play, iTunes, and any donations that you want to make will be greatly appreciated to help get equipment for us to record more of these episodes and hopefully make them sound a lot better. Michelle, anything else you want to add to that? Nope, I think that we are good for tonight. We will talk to you later, everyone. All right, thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you soon.
You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.